Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. With a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to to make make your Tuesday just right. I'm Olivia, an entrepreneur, content creator, and a friend to call if you need some encouragement. And I'm Lisa, a mom, an artist, and I'm not your average pastor's wife. Our mission is to bring you episodes every week that will inspire you, help you grow, and bring a smile to your face. Through renowned entrepreneurs and experts, social media personalities, and our super witty and cute banter. This podcast is for the girl who wants to learn about her health, has big dreams, and knows that complacency is never an option. She also has time in her schedule for two new BFFs. Because there is one thing we are confident in. It's It's always better better when salt and pepper come together. Yeah, a lot of what we see out there is like this perfect picture of relationships. Think about Disney. The Disney is the quest to find the person. And then all Disney movies, back in the day at least, they stop after the guy finds the girl. And then it shows nothing about the trauma of their relationship, the conflict, how hard it is. It literally is just like, then they live happily ever after. And I'm like, that is the most unrealistic picture of how relationships actually are. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name's Olivia. And I'm Lisa. And on today's episode, we had on Kate Warman. Woo! She's a Christian dating coach. She's an author of Thank You for Rejecting Me. She's a podcaster. She's She's everything and such good, I almost said tips, information. Life direction where was she when i was dating oh her, my gosh. her podcast which you know we have people on the show we listen to a lot of things we meet a lot of people when i was listening to her show i was like wait why i'm not taking notes for the interview at this point i'm just like, <laughs> yeah, taking like notes for notes. my life me um, taking notes and sending them to my friends <laughs> sending them to your husband yeah You're like so anyway um but her podcast is called the heart of dating and it's super good but we'll get more into that what's your current obsession my current obsession is um launching my website Yay. I'm officially a business owner kind of was so yeah no, it's crazy kind of was podcast it's like a business. Oh, oh, oh I see yeah yeah but um I can't believe like I like I have my own thing so that's yeah. that's is wild never thought never I'd thought see I the would. day never thought I would always wanted to yeah never thought I'd actually do it kind of just happened on its own <laughs> Yeah, it did. Just like kind of all at once. It's like, yeah. what's happening? Um, my current obsession is the color Clementine. Really? Yeah, I just got a blazer that's that color. Ooh. And there are pants that match. I didn't get those because I'm like, where am I wearing an all orange yeah, pantsuit? for real. But it's like the pretty orange. It's kind of like that neutral, like kind of like what you would see if I feel like you were like in Italy somewhere. Like it's mm. a very like soft, like appealing it's not like that really bright orange uh-huh. that's in okay. right now. Yeah. It's like more of I a pastel it. kind of. I'm, I'm getting creamsicle vibes. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Like a creamsicle. <laughs> kind of like my, my creamy vase, but more yes. orangey. It's this color. Love that. I know. And there so are pants oh, that's that very, match. Um, oh. Very, I get Dior. Yes. From that. It's just like, where am I wearing an orange pantsuit? I don't know in my anywhere room. now. Anywhere. So uh, loving that right now. So let's get down to the silver lining of the week. Bing. Um, Zav is out of town this weekend. He's at a oh, one wheel event. 
he left like How at five this morning he was like i wonder if uh we could test to see who has more fun like more dopamine levels <laughs> me being at a one wheel event or you going to a stray kids concert i'm like that's I feel a hard like you're, one it's not even going to be dopamine for you you're going to have just like a panic attack <laughs> just me you're fainting. Just gonna, yeah you're just going to be crying the whole time yeah if they glance my way i will probably be ushered out in a stretcher um on a stretcher but anyways in i'm a really stretcher. nervous <laughs> inside of it inside of <laughs> they the put me in it um i'm really nervous like even this morning pff, Wait, i have not nervous about what zav being gone so like oh like mom, taking care of the kids momming by myself um which is not the same thing as being a single mother at all getting this teeny tiny taste of it though yeah so much appreciation for single moms are they getting easier every year that goes by for you uh or is it getting everything's harder? easier than newborn stage right i'm not on you know depression meds anymore <laughs> sure but i mean as far as like or not they wanting to kill go. myself <laughs> true is it um, like are they getting easier or is it getting harder because they're starting to like wanting to do more things so that's not harder for me um yeah, wanting to do more stuff isn't hard because Zav does things with them. What's there's a lot of things that are harder. Yeah, I would still say the toddler years are more simple for me. What makes it difficult is <clears throat> um, my own outbursts or mm-hmm. when I'm not slow to anger. I feel really bad for them because they might remember those moments and it's you know hurting them um not physically i swear um it's hurting you know their development in in a sense so yeah especially starting a business and having the podcast already i have gosh i i honestly i'm gonna sound like such a bad mom i haven't really seen my kids very much yeah um so this weekend will be interesting now that the website is which Mm -hmm. is ursuatelier.com um now that the website is launched and i kind of know how to run things i think i can finally like breathe a little bit but yeah it's yeah it's been hard yeah it's interesting we've chose who would have ever known? I'm changing my silver lining. Who would have ever known you and I would end up in the same place but took very different roads to get there? Wait, 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 wait. So I saw Arturo this morning. Okay. Really quick tangent. And, yeah. And he was like, oh, what is, who are you? How, who did this to you? And I'm like, your girlfriend? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> who else? It's like you're part of a cult, but you really don't know. Um, you're like, no, she's amazing. I've slowly and, simulated. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been really interesting seeing you reach this point and it's all been worth it to receive the text that says, now I understand what it's like <laughs> to be obsessed with your business. I'm like, yeah, yeah. because now you see, you don't say no because you just want to say no to someone. You say no because you genuinely want to be working on your business. It's or you, so weird. Yeah. Or like, you're like, no, I'm really excited to go to my room and like sit down on my computer and edit something. Or hanging out with people and I'm like, I could be working right now. Yeah. So my silver lining is just seeing you flourish into whatever this is, even if it, you know, turns into something else or whatever it's going to be. It's fun seeing you have something that you're super, super excited about. What? Oh, we weren't saying this when I was doing Korean all the time. 
well you know i'm not sure how korean's gonna like make you money and like you know stuff like that future well we'll see (laughs) um but anyway so with that being said um we have kate warman like we said you can find her on um the heart of dating on apple Podcasts, or you can just go to theheartofdating.com you can find all the things she's doing they have like a christian dating like it feels like tinder but it's like for christians (laughs) it's super cute um so conferences conferences yeah this website or this website this episode is super full of insight so um head to the show notes below and let's shake it up with kate warman thank you kate warman for coming on the show we appreciate having you here. Okay, so you are a podcast host of The Heart of Dating, and you said you've been doing that for four and a half years, which, wow, before more power time. to you. Yeah, before it was trendy. Yeah. Um, You're an author of Thank You for Rejecting Me and a Christian dating coach, which is how and why I wanted you on the show. That's how I found you. A lot of our, I mean, we are believers and a lot of our listeners are believers, not all of them, but Christian dating specifically is such a, it's so different. And um, some people are so overwhelmed by it. They just like throw it out altogether and like they just try to go for anyone at that point. And it's like, yeah, maybe don't. So I love what you do. Um, I got her on to your like got her hooked onto your podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. She I, loves it. I've been consuming your podcast like it's my full time job. <laughs> it's I I'll, I have to tell you, I've had a spiritual awakening from <sighs> your podcast. Let's go, Olivia. What? It doesn't always happen with guests. So yes, this is or with me. I like never or, have an yeah. awakening. Um <laughs> No, just like hearing you talk, well, with JJ, which you guys are just the sweetest. Really good back and forth. I love it. And just hearing you guys talking about triggers specifically and your most recent ones and being like, I don't know if I've ever sat down and acknowledged my triggers, even though I know I have them. And I'm like, I need to have homework this week and do that because of how important it is and I most couples probably don't do that because it's kind of like embarrassing to talk about like hey let me sit down and talk to you about my trigger points like you know but anyway it's it's been insane just listening to your show thank you and it's so important because if we don't do these the work of trying to figure these things out as a single like it will come up it will come up in relationships it will come up in marriage it's going to come up Okay. Cause relationships bring out these things in us. They bring out these different things that are like, Oh my gosh, what that is that, where did that even come from? Like we can deal with friendships, but then the intimacy of a relationship just brings up different things to the surface. Well, well, (laughs) friendships are easy, right? Because I mean, comparatively, because you can drop a friendship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah this one's not easy but um but like friendships it's like okay well if you're annoying me like I can just go home and like ignore you or like whatever we'll have a fight and then get over it but when you're choosing to stay with someone especially as believers and you're saying no this is like an actual lifetime commitment um it is a lot more difficult because you have to realize like how selfish you are and how much like all of your issues and everything you're going through. Um, so I'm I'm so curious, how did you start getting into this? Like, did you like become a certified like Christian dating coach and then everything else came out of it? Or what was the beginning of all this? 
Yeah. So I started this in the wake of a heartbreak in my book. It's chapter five of my book where I write about the specific heartbreak, though I've been through many different heartbreaks, but this heartbreak really sent me in a direction of like, okay, God, am I going to let this rejection destroy my life? Or am I going to see and finally dive even deeper into some of my patterns and heal from them. And I have been already on a journey of major healing ever since I had come out of an abusive relationship years before that. Now that relationship was probably like 10 years ago, I would say. And so I was already on a very deep journey of healing for five years up to that point. And then this next relationship just sent me into a deeper space of healing and processing. And on my journey of healing, even before that breakup, I kind of saw that there was not a lot of great resources out there specifically for Christians when it came to dating. There was a lot of stuff about dating in the world. We get a lot of our dating advice from the media, from rom-coms, from other dating coaches, from, you know, there's great dating coaches out there, but there's not a lot of people talking about it from a Christian perspective because dating in the Bible didn't exist. That's just not a thing. People, women got married roughly at the age of 13 and it was arranged marriages. So totally different, you know, dating really is new. It came on the scene in the last 100 years, roughly. And so that is new. That's a new thing. Before that, we didn't have dating. People were like arranged in different marriages. And so grateful that we're not just in arranged marriages. However, now it brings up this whole sense of like, well, what do we do in this thing? And everyone has their own rules and it's changed so much. And so I started researching every book I could find, every pastor with that one sermon a year about dating. And I was like, I just want to consume and heal and do this better because my history had been dating all the wrong ways. And so as I was doing that, I just recognized, man, there's not a lot of resources. So after this heartbreak, I started really thinking about God, what are you redirecting me to? I often say, you know, rejection is redirection. And I really pressed into what is, what are you redirecting me to? What is my true passion, my purpose, my calling? And in that, I kept hearing God put on my heart to start a podcast, which was very weird for me because I hadn't even, I never even listened to podcasts. I didn't know the first thing about interviewing. Like, why would I do a podcast? And then as I prayed about what it would be about, it was so clear to do it about dating. And I rejected that concept for a long time, for a few months. I was like, God, there's no way I am not starting a podcast on dating me. Like my dating history is horrible, like filled with trauma, abuse, horrible men, me doing horrible things. Why would I be the one to start this podcast on dating? And God was like, if not you, who, like, who is going to do this? I have brought you so far to this point, I have been with you every step of the journey. Don't you think I also will guide you through this? And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Like, and so, and it was confirmed through several other things, but I started this, I started the mission in early um, 2018 and just dove in. And the podcast is what led me to so many things. The podcast led me to doing a dating show on the network Life Workers, which is a Christian network run by Roma Downey. And so I have my own dating show. It's back on the, back in the Disney. It's really funny to watch those videos now because I'm like, wow, like I was just starting out and I did not know how to do video, anything on video. And there I was just doing this show. And it was so fun. And that led me to doing, yeah, to get to start doing coaching and doing more one-on-one coaching and led me to doing programs. But then the biggest thing it also led me to was to writing my book, which came out in 2021. 
And that book became a national best-selling book. And that was like a huge turning point for me because now I had this book that did really well out there in the world. The same time I started launching conferences, our first conference ever, we had 5,000 people attend from around the world and it was insane. And so now every year we host a Christian dating conference every single year. Um, and so it's just, it started with the podcast. It went to TV shows. It went to, um, the coaching, the book, the conferences, the courses, and yeah, now here we are. <laughs> so that's how it began. I, that's so amazing. And I think, um, because we talk about entrepreneurship, I think it's so cool that you touched on like feeling like you're supposed to be doing something, but like me of all people, why should I be doing this? I feel that way about everything that I do. And, um, he doesn't call, uh, like he equips us. Um, like we might, we probably aren't fully equipped quite yet, but he will like equip you. And so you just have to like trust the process and um, trust that like as long as you're working hard and you're like going towards the goal and like listening to the spirit, then like he's got you covered. And so I love that because that's very like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And look at you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. I can't believe that your first conference had 5000 people. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. And it's so clear that I am so passionate about this. So the fears four and a half years ago, putting myself out there, telling my story, like being an interviewer, all these fears I had, God just really worked through all of them and really through the process empowered me and showed me like, this is your actual passion. You love this. You love helping people. And it also was an internal journey of you know, moving past my own fears of sharing my story and what people think about me and feeling empowered and healing that part of myself too. Because I just, for so long before I was ever a public figure, even in my private life, just wanted people to see me a certain way. I wanted to be perceived as this girl that had it all together with her style, her makeup, her career. It was on point. People don't know this about me, but before all this, I used to work in fashion. I lived in New York City. I worked at Barney's. I went to... I did all the fun, like fashiony things. And I was like, I was that fashion girl. And I had a great, the dream fashion job. And I wanted people to see me as like this perfect girl when behind the scenes, everything was not perfect at all. And I was in horrible relationships, questioning myself entirely. And so to flip the script and actually let people into the journey of what was going on behind the scenes in my healing journey was uh, took so much courage and a lot of healing for me to be even be able to to do that and it's been the most beautiful process obviously because I pride myself on leading with vulnerability and leading through not teaching not just teaching but leading through example mm. and leading through the process of healing and the journey but that was a big thing I also had to conquer throughout the process yeah, and it's super it was super refreshing hearing your podcast and hear hearing you and JJ talk about like how you do have a lot of conflict and then you were like, well, if you compare yourself to other couples, then you'll be like, oh, there's something wrong with us. Maybe we shouldn't be together. And that's the same with posing as being perfect to the world because they just think, well, look at that girl on social media, like or look at that celebrity. Like they have it all together. It's like, no, they don't. They do not have it all together. They are crying yeah. in their bed right now, you know, like no one has it together so leading with vulnerability especially in a space like this is 
it's not only encouraging, but it's like you are enabling people to probably stay together and like work out their problems because they're realizing no, everybody has problems. Of course, I think there comes a point when, you know, you can reevaluate a dating relationship and be like, maybe this isn't working. Um, but I found it super encouraging that you were like, yeah, we, f- we, f- we fight all the time, but we're learning how to fight better, not not fight at all. And that's like a really good distinction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of what we see out there is like this perfect picture of relationships. Think about Disney. The Disney is the quest to find the person. And then all Disney movies back in the day, at least <laughs> they stop after the guy finds the girl. And then it shows nothing about the trauma of their relationship, the conflict, <laughs> how hard it is. It literally is just like, then they lived happily ever after. And I'm like, that is the most unrealistic picture of how relationships actually are. But those messages have been entrenched in us, not only in Disney, but in rom-coms and so many things. It's like you find your perfect person and then that's it. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Then you go on social media, you see your, like your favorite Christian influencer and their husband. And you're like, oh my gosh, look at them. They love each other. They have this family. They are so happy, so joyous. And like, you don't realize that behind the scenes, there's mental health things going on. There's trauma coming up. There's emotional things to process. There's conflict for sure. There's probably some family issues and there's so much going on behind the scenes. So even with JJ and I now being engaged and getting married in a few months, I, we both never wanted to tell our story in a way that was just an adding to that noise of Christian perfect relationships, Mm -hmm. because I don't think that's what helps people. I think there is ways to be prepared for dating well, but also you have to recognize that like, sometimes it's just going to be hard and that's part of it. And you have to be committed to the journey of healing, the journey of growth, the journey of ultimate sanctification, which is the point of marriage, sanctification for the glory of God. That's the point of marriage. Not, can I be with somebody to make me happy and full and make me feel good for the rest of my life? If that's not the point of marriage, the point of marriage is to be sanctified and to use that for the glory of God. And so with that sanctification is refining. It's really difficult. There's hard moments. And that is what you don't really see in dating relationships portrayed on the internet, I would say. Okay. Are we good? I think that's, I think we got everything. (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. Um, We're going to highlight that whole thing and post it. Okay. uh, I have so many qualms um, as far as dating is concerned. Okay. Let's, this is like what I get so salty about. Okay. Um, I get really frustrated, like how open people in the world, as far as relationships people who are in relationships and in the world, they can be so open about their sexuality, what they're doing, what's happening behind closed doors, and even like fighting. They're so much more open about like what's going on and what's happening. The issue that I'm having though is the way that they reconcile or don't reconcile or easily get divorced over things or choose to separate or cheating or open marriages or open relationships. The things that they choose to do do not reflect what Christians should do. And um, I think it's hard because then Christians don't know what to do because so many Christian influencers or pastors or um, just relationships of people that you look up to, they're not opening up their doors. Their, their hearts aren't open to showing like, 
what's really happening. And there, I think because like Christian culture can say like, it's not okay to be vulnerable and to be real. I think that Christians are afraid of being judged and then I won't be like a reliable source and people can't look up to me anymore, especially like pastors. My husband's a pastor and yeah, um, I think that's like one thing that having the podcast, I was really afraid about. I was really afraid of, um, oh my gosh, like me and my husband are having issues in the bedroom or we are yeah. fighting over stuff. And I'm like, I, be, being that we like, pride on self, ourselves on being vulnerable. Like I can't not share those things, of course, yeah. with discernment. But I think that there's um, this toxicity in Christian culture that says we have to hide these things um, that are going wrong, like hide the sin, hide the sin. And there's no such thing as that. Like we need to be vulnerable and real mm-hmm. and be talking about it before it becomes a sin. So if things are happening, we should be talking about it. Like fighting is okay and it's going to happen. The amount of times that I've heard my dating friends say, we got in this fight and I'm worried he's going to leave me. He's not going to want to marry me now. I'm like, he just processes differently probably is all that's happening because he's a boy and that's okay like boys and people just process things differently from each other for the most part and that's just what's going to happen throughout the rest of your life together if you stay together this is going to happen in marriage and so it's like learning i love that like learning how to fight well so like how to be there for each other and so i love that you are being vulnerable and doing that Mm -hmm. that's amazing thanks girl so true everything you're saying we do need to talk about those details it's so necessary Mm -hmm. yeah and what's interesting too is when we were talking about dating and stuff I mean we're kind of the lucky ones I met my significant other when I was 19 we've been dating for like a decade and what'd you say why am I lucky well, I'm saying because we met our partners young. So like as Christians, mm, yeah. I feel like when you meet your partner young, there's like two types of Christians. There's like the ones that meet their partner really young and then they get married in like, you know, 15 days <laughs> or there's no offense, Lisa. And then there, <laughs> then there's the other part where they're they're single until they're like 30 and they feel really shamed in the church. And I've seen a lot of my friends who are kind of like the perpetual third wheel, which they feel bad about that. But I'm like, trust me, being single there's so there's so much goodness in being single um but I can understand from their perspective they're like who can I meet because for the world we watch dating shows like the bachelor bachelorette and it's like you have this sea of people to choose from because you don't really have things that you're like no he has to be a Christian yeah like you don't have a lot of standards you just want to be sexually attracted to him and you hope that he's nice to you it's like you can pick from a lot of people that way as Christians I'm like I have a list And I don't know what I would do if I broke up with my boyfriend now. I wouldn't really want to go on dating apps. But one thing you were talking about is having a list of of things and having what was it? It was like a must have would be nice to have or whatever. Yeah. So I would love for you to speak on the person that's listening. That's like, I feel like I'm perpetually single and I don't know what to do as a Christian. 
Did you know by subscribing to our podcast, you will get immediate access to our episodes every Tuesday? It'll give you a notification, so you don't even have to think about it. You can turn on these notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you are at it, rating and reviewing the show takes less than a few seconds. It bumps us up on iTunes and gives us a shot to grow our community. It means the world and we read every single review. If you're listening to the show and you love hearing our voices every single week, we would love to hear what you think. Whether it's your favorite episode, what you want to hear from us, or maybe some stuff we need to work on. We are super open to it and we would just love to hear what you guys have to say. And while you're at it, DM us, hang out with us on Instagram and join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. We love to talk to you guys. We love to hear your thoughts. And honestly, we love to see it when you share our episodes. Thanks so much and let's get back to the show. So one of the things what you're talking to about or what you're leaning to is like knowing what someone's looking for. I think the I feel single and I'm the only single person left and what do I even do? There's so much to answer that question um, because it ha- it's so nuanced. It's very nuanced to the person. It's very nuanced to how they're putting their selves out, their selves out there, what they fear, what they're attracting, what they're normally attractive to, what how are they showing up in love? What is their attachment style? What is their attachment wounding? And, but what you're talking about is what is somebody looking for and how do they know what they're looking for and keep it in a concise list. That's my recommendation is to keep it concise and not all over the place. So I always recommend five need to have, have items, not 20, not 30, not 50, five main need to have things. These are the things in the beginning that you're just, you're looking for. You're going to have more things over time, but the goal of a first date is to not find out on the first date. Am I going to marry him? The goal is, do I know enough information to see this person one more time? That is the goal of a first date. And so within that, and then the second date, do I know enough information and want to see this person one more time? That's what it is. And what I also recommend, it's not like six hour dates, not four hour dates, keep them short. So dating doesn't become monotonous and horrible and you feel stuck and so disappointed, like keep it short. And so for the person who's like, well, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I really encourage you to figure out what are your core values in life? What do you value? And then when you figure out what your core values, you have to ask yourself, does this truly represent me? Is this how I make decisions? Is this a lens that I use to resolve conflict? Your core values are what represent you and how you show up in your life. My top two core values are faith and growth. So I So through that, I am looking for somebody who is aligned in my core values, that they are a a co-partner with me in the area of faith that is a non-negotiable and that they're looking for growth. I cannot be with somebody who's not growth-minded because the way I live my life every single day is always thinking about how can I learn from this? How can I grow? How can we learn in this relationship? How can we grow? And so I could not, I know that because that is such a core value for me, I could not be with somebody who doesn't value growth. Now, if you know your top two to three core values, then you better can create a need to have list. Your need to have list needs to be based in character qualities, not, oh my gosh, he makes me feel good or he's affirming. Okay. That's not a character quality or he has makes a lot of money. That's not a character quality. They need to be things that actually matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And 
kingdom building because that's the point of marriage. So if you want a man that is more affirming, that's really important to you, then maybe it's somebody who is deeply empathetic. That's a character quality. Do they have deep empathy? Do they know how to show up well for people and show people love, care, and compassion? Maybe compassion is on that list if you want someone affirming. Maybe if you want someone who's financially stable, maybe the character quality is I want a responsible person or I want a man with vision and purpose. Those are related to his character, not financially stable. That's just like a great bonus, but you want to see your five top need to have things need to be things that are very specific and actually about his character. They cannot be things like, oh, he's over six foot tall. Oh, he's skinny. Oh, he's in shape. No, I mean, like those things don't truly matter at the end of the day. They're the things that the world tells us to care about, but we shouldn't be placing in your need to have lists. They're a preference. I prefer him to be a certain height. I prefer him to be in shape. I prefer for him to like to go to the gym because I like to go to a gym, but it's not a non-negotiable because at the end of the day, you're never going to be with somebody who loves every single thing that you love and that it fits into your very small, perfect box. It's just the reality. Um, that person on the planet does not exist <laughs> unless you want to date yourself. Okay, if that's the case, Ooh, well, sure. No. You say no, I'm like, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to Christians, I see often there's the two sides of the spectrum. One person has a laundry list of things they're looking for, and therefore they write off people very quickly mm. or they don't give it truly a shot because they're looking for all 50 of these things and they're looking for them on the first date. They actually also limit their chances of go even being asked out or going on dates because they have so many non-negotiables and they put so much pressure on finding this person with all of these things. That person needs to whittle their list down to five things, be more open and just say yes more. Mm. The other person on the other side has no list of things and they often date the wrong person. Anybody who gives them attention, they're attracted often also to unavailable people. And they're like, Ooh, I'm just going out there and I'm dating all these people. And they, this person needs to figure out, and they often drop their standards. Okay. That's this person over here. So this person needs to figure out, okay, this pattern is not working for me. I'm ending up heartbroken. I'm dating the wrong kinds of people. I need to come back to what are the main things that are important to me. And then through that lens, let me figure out who I actually want to be saying yes to. So those are the two different kinds of people that often I see in the world, especially the Christian world. And then we have to find the happy balance, which is figuring out your core values and then your top non-negotiables from there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I remember when I was dating, um, like seriously dating, because there was a time when I was just like, meh, whatever. Um, I don't know if this is um, sadistic or what, but it helped when I was thinking, okay, would I like to marry this person? I would think like worst case scenario, like maybe he like, loses all of his like physical care characteristics so like what else is there so that's why like none of the guys I dated ever looked the same and then the guys that I seriously dated had um all like similar similar qualities which were like the big essential things like they really cared about their faith or you know yes. like having that list and I and that's what I always encourage my friends in because I'm like you know what because they'll be like am I too picky like I I feel like I'm really open and maybe I'm just not going on enough dates and I'm like 
No, like you're you're probably doing fine. I mean, as long as you're like putting yourself out there and like being available, um, your like list is probably fine because these are like the hard and strong things that you're for. So don't just start dating other guys that you you don't think would work out because like they don't have a hard work ethic or um, because like they are lazy. Um, don't just start dating those guys because you think that you need to because that's what everyone's doing. Like if anything, most people just are willy nilly dating whoever like is around and like who wants to. But I think that's the really cool thing that um, you're like here for as far as Christians. You're like, no, like have have those things that are like good to look for. Exactly. You, and that's the thing. There's, there's people on both sides, right? Like, cause I see a lot of girls and it depends on your community. There's some girls who will date and give up their list and standards like so quickly, just because it's a cute guy that asks them out and they're like hoping he can be mm-hmm. a Christian or they're hoping they can make him be a Christian or they're hoping they can help them. And that's a big narrative I see. Or on the other side, I see people who don't go out with anybody. They're not open at all because they put so much pressure on the situation and therefore they're not even dating. I'm like, you just need to go on dates, go on dates with guys. You don't have to know everything about them before you go on a date. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people I serve are actually in this other bucket of don't go on dates at all. But then I was a girl over here. I went on dates with everybody. I was like, everybody under the sun, I will date you, 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 and you, I don't care. And it led me to places that were bad because I was actually validate, trying to validate myself through my mm. own insecurities. I was looking to be pursued by a guy that would make me feel amazing so that I didn't have to face that I kind of had a little bit of self-hatred within me or that I had this insecurity and I wanted this guy to make me feel beautiful or feel cherished so that I didn't have to face and heal this deeper wound of not feeling cherished and loved by myself. And so there's kind of those two groups of people. So you listening, you need to figure out which camp are you in? And then we can adjust from there. Um, can you talk a little bit on um, like people who settle specific, settle specifically? Um, because uh, one thing that can really frustrate me that I've seen in friends um, or people close to me or like people that I've mentored is they get into a relationship and they're like, I mean, there's like, you know, a few of those things that were supposed to be non-negotiables that they were then negotiating and saying like, yeah, maybe it's fine. Maybe it'll work out. And they'll hopefully break up with the person. And they're like, why did I do that? Um, so I kind of want um, you to touch on settling. And I think that kind of can go in hand with like, being okay with being single as well, like not just Mm -hmm. searching for that partner constantly, but like how to be content in that. The thing that's so important before going into dating is you have to be completely fine and okay in your own life. You have to know this dating situation may not work out. Mm -hmm. When you online date for the people who online date, 85%, this is a stat that I found online in the past few months, about 85% of your online dating interactions will not lead anywhere. That's a big number. So if you know in advance, a lot of this may not work out. You have to be okay with that though. Cause if the, it not working out is going to define you, or if you want it so badly that then when you find someone interested in you, you're going to stay with that person and you're just going to make it work. 
that's problematic. One thing I see Christians do that I find problematic is they commit to being someone's boyfriend or girlfriend, like within immediately going out with them. And this expedites the pace of a relationship. You really don't know much about a person when you go on one, two, three dates with them. You're just getting to know them, especially if you weren't friends with them beforehand. And so if you slap that label and put that commitment on it super early on, and then you start bringing them to church, you start telling everyone in your friend group about it. Now everyone's involved. And now there's more pressure to make this thing work. Well, guess what? A month, two months in, you realize, oh my gosh, there are all these red flags I didn't see because I didn't spend enough time actually seeing this person before I committed to them. I just jumped two feet in and now all these red flags are coming up, but uh, I just let my whole community and my whole church knows about it now. I'm calling them my boyfriend. We're Facebook official, whatever. And now I feel like this pressure to make it work. And that is something I see so many Christians staying in long relationships way too long and then feeling huge heartbreak when the ends. But the reality is you shouldn't have even been in that relationship in the first place. The reason you should, you can, and how you know that and how you can shift that is actually just getting to know someone through time in the beginning with correct boundaries before jumping two feet into commitment, seeing this person through time. I've almost never heard somebody say, I regret getting to know them for a little bit longer before I made the decision to commit to them. But you do hear, gosh, I wish I had gotten some, spent some more time getting to know them before I jumped into this relationship, proposed to them, whatever, because I did not see all these red flags. I wish I spent more time doing that. You see, you see so many people regretting that they committed to early on because they were in the fields. Um, but you don't hear people doing the opposite, just spending more time, more time getting to know someone is wise. Just see them through time. I say, give it 90 days to really see someone's character through time before you make a true decision on whether or not you're committing to them. That's because psychologically, there's actually a lot of different rules and um, not rules, but teachings and studies out there that Somebody can basically be whoever you want them to be for 60 to 90 days. After the 60 to 90 days is when you start seeing who they really are. So anybody can fake anything for 60 to 90 days. But in these different studies, they've shown that, okay, around the 90 days, you start seeing who a person truly is. And you start seeing all these other areas of their life. So you want to be able to see those things before jumping into relationships. So for the people who are staying in relationships too long, this is your formula. You need to be more cautious and watch and observe a person before you actually decide if you're going to truly commit to them. I love commitment. I'm about commitment. I'm not about hookup culture. I'm not about consumeristic dating, but I am about being wise in the dating process. We have people over here in hookup culture, they just go out and sleep with people, right? And everybody is disposable. Then we have Christians first, second, third date, you're my boyfriend, girlfriend. It's like the opposite. It's literally the opposite. And I'm like, well, this is neither one of these are actually healthy. And so we need to get to an even balance of seeing a person through time and having appropriate boundaries. And that will help this person who is settling and staying in a relationship, because if they can see someone's character more clearly through time with better discernment and pace of a relationship, then they won't get stuck in the relationship, committing to this person, realizing I don't even, I didn't even know who I signed up to be with. Mm. And they're then trying to make it work 
because everybody's involved and they've spent time revealing their heart to this person when they should have been slower and more discerning in the process. So that's probably just one thing I would say to the person who's settling. There's other things because it also involves your own worth and value and knowing your worth and value. Yeah, I mean, I think every relationship looks so different because like you said, in this Christian culture, we have a lot of like, I knew on the first date, I was love at first sight, which I don't believe in that. Oh, he's my soulmate, which I don't believe in that. And it was just like, yeah, no, that's just infatuation. Yeah, no, they said what you wanted to hear. Like, trust me, life will hit you. Like, I've seen couples, oh, we got married and we never even had a disagreement. I'm like, wow, that's really terrifying for you, you know? And it's like a lot of things of just patience. And I'm not saying like, be like us you know I've been in a relationship for nine years that's in- insane but it's like yes sometimes you have to take time and that's also okay like whatever it looks like for your relationship as long as God is at the center that's okay but it's also okay to wait like don't feel pressured by the other people in the Christian community saying well you need to get married you need to have kids like do these things really fast hey it's been a year what are you doing I mean the number we talk about this all the time the number one question I get asked every day is when are you getting married from people I don't even know and I'm like Mm. to me I don't want a wedding I want a marriage and so whatever I'm doing right now is building that foundation for my marriage and that's just going to look different for me than it is for somebody else as well and like you said there are people who don't get out of a relationship when they know that it's not good for them and like they might need to just be like well we were engaged. It's like, can you imagine getting married to somebody just because you felt awkward breaking up with them after you got engaged? It's like, sometimes you have to do it, you know? (laughs) I mean, seriously. And that is not getting out of a relationship when you know it's not good for you is there's a lot going on there. But one thing that it could be and often is, is a not truly understanding how good God is for you specifically, because if you know that God is good for you and know that he has great plans for your life and know that he has not forgotten about you and know that you don't have to be in a rush to get married because your ovaries and all these things and all these timelines we put on ourselves, then you can end the relationship and walk away knowing, man, God is still good. And he is still good to me, even though this didn't work out, you can feel the grief. Yes. Experience it. And the heartbreak of it, also cling to hope because hope is not the absence of pain, but an expectation of future good. And we have hope that our God has future good for us in our life. And so that's, that is something we need to grasp because if we're not, then we're clinging onto a relationship because this is the only relationship we've got. This is the only person on the planet that it can work out with. And our God is not that small. Our God is way bigger than that. And so that is one of the reasons I see people so fearful of ending things because they don't believe that there's something else better out there for them. Mm -hmm. Because there's no such thing as a soulmate. That is not (laughs) biblical. It's not like Adam and Eve. Like God didn't just create a man for you like perfectly. Either you weren't perfectly created out of, you know, a man's rib. Um, And he's just like walking around the earth and you have to go find (laughs) him. him (laughs) Just one person. The thing I really wanted to touch on before we get to the silver lining is um, talking about physical boundaries, because I think that's a really big thing Mm -hmm. in Christian relationships. Um, We were both 
well, not virgins. still. <laughs> We're both virgins. You're married. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm anymore. <laughs> abstinent before um, yeah. I get married. You know, all those things. And that's something we're really passionate about. But we also have friends who maybe had sex in the past and now they're choosing to stay abstinent in their current relationship. Um, and I think, again, for Christians in this world, people say, number one thing that's important, sex. If you don't have a good sex life, you shouldn't be with that person. And that's just so counterintuitive to what we like believe, what we believe the gospel is. Um, but also you you guys were really talking about just boundaries and you kept saying I loved it you said don't be cool be clear and I'm like Mm -hmm. that is I mean Christianity just in general like don't try to be so cool that you're all these things but be clear about what you want and why you want it and like be proud of that so I would love for you to touch on you know maybe to the girl who is trying to be abstinent before she's married or maybe she had sex and it's really really hard right now or she's having a hard time creating physical boundaries so this is so many people and mm-hmm. this was me for so long. And the, what I'm about to say is not going to work for anybody unless you do the work as an individual to figure out your deep why. Why do you not want to have sex? If it's just because the Bible told me so, or because other people would judge me if I do, or because it's the quote unquote right thing to do, that is not usually a deep enough why. And even with that, you'll probably do everything else except for sex, which we're talking about. Okay. Sorry to be explicit. The penetrative sex. sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But like that's not necessarily the definition of sex. And so that is a whole separate podcast. But anyway, so what is your deep why? You need to get that clear. Why do you not want to have sex before marriage? What does God say about that? Do you align with that deeply in your heart? And I'm talking about deeper than just head knowledge. We may know, okay, it's not wise for me to have sex before marriage. I know that quote unquote in my head, but if you don't know that to the depths of your soul, the other part of your brain, the right part of your brain, if you don't feel that, if you don't connect with that in the moment, that head knowledge goes out the window because guess what? Your feelings, the right side of your brain, they feel all the things in that moment and all the head stuff, it goes away. So you need to connect from the left part of your brain to the right part of your brain, the feeling from the logical side to the feeling side. Why is this important to you? Why do you not want to have sex before marriage? You need to wrestle that out with God. You need to pray to get holy conviction that your soul connects to. That's what you need to do. And you need to kind of remove any part of shame in the process, because if any part of your desire to not have sex is rooted in shame, it will not work out for you because for many reasons, you either will have sex and then feel even more shame about it and probably keep continuing the cycle. Or you will not have sex, but you'll constantly feel shame about sex. And then that will follow you into marriage, which is also a whole thing. I've heard so many people Mm -hmm. had to go have have had to go through healing those layers of shame because they can't even connect to their partner because this thing feels like just shameful to them. And so if you not wanting to have sex is connected to shame at all, we have to unroot the shame. If you mess up and then you shame yourself, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Oh my gosh, you're shooting on yourself and we need to stop shooting because doing that never helps. You need to understand, gosh, why did I do that? I'm going to have grace and compassion. And I want to seek to understand like what's going on here. Is there something I'm seeking in terms of connection that I'm trying to get by doing the sexual thing with this person? Is there a way I can get that connection through God and through other things in my life versus just going to my partner to have that intimacy? 
And so from that place of grace, we need to ask ourselves those questions as we move forward, because it's not going to be a perfect process, but you need to first and foremost, know your why deep, why connected from head to heart, to whole body, soul, and spirit. And that needs to be so grounded in who you are or else anything else I tell you about, you know, boundaries you can put in place and things I recommend, those things won't matter. It really won't matter because push comes to shove in the moment. If it's not deeply connected in your soul of who you are, you are going to forego all those quote unquote rules and boundaries. And you're just going to go for it in the moment because it feels great. And so that's the first thing we really need to come back to God. I want a holy conviction for this. Will you help me understand from the depths of my soul why this is something that you have for me? Why this, why waiting for sex till marriage is the best thing that you have for me? I want to understand that in a deeper way than just head knowledge. That needs to start being the conversation with God. And so if you've messed up, quote unquote, messed up, if you've had sex in the past and you don't want to anymore, this is the place you need to start. My past is filled with sexual history and things that I needed to heal from before I made a recommitment to be abstinent. But even in that journey of recommitment, there were times I messed things up a little bit and my standard messed things up. And I had to come back to, wait, my, my why still has a lot of shame rooted into it. It still has so much shame that I need to heal. I need to process through a therapist with the therapist with God. And now today, my why is way deeper, way more sound, way more connected. But in the past it wasn't, which is, was so frustrating. Cause like, I'm like, I'm going to do this a new way, but without the deep, why I kept messing up. And then, oh my gosh, I was questioning myself entirely. I even broke up with guys. Cause I was like, it must be the relationship. No, it was me and the healing I needed to do. Mm, so okay. there's a lot to say on that, but this is a really sensitive topic. Yeah. So we had the girls from clear stem skincare on our show and it is the highest listened to episode this year for a good reason. I seriously still re-listen to it. Kaylee and Danielle started ClearStem Skincare after they had exhausted all of their resources when it came to their skin. Danielle, who is the acne guru, and Kaylee, who is the holistic nutritionist, came together to create anti-aging and anti-acne products with zero hormone disruptors or toxins, which is huge, especially for us women. After we had them on the show, I started my realistically holistic journey. You all know I've been talking about that. And I have started to find out how many products have pore clogging ingredients, parabens, toxins, and so much more. Seriously, the other day, I saw one of my products had vegetable glycerin in it. Like, go look at your products. It's disgusting. So with ClearStem, you can look no further. So whether you struggle with acne or want to get some anti-aging products, you can head to clearstemskincare.com. My favorite right now is the HydroGlow Stem Cell Moisturizer perfect for getting that summer glow. Also, you can pair it with their sunny side brush on sunscreen. It's literally been out of stock for so long, but it's back in stock now. So go get some. Um, they informed us on the show that we need to be touching up our sunscreen every three hours. So this is just great to put in your purse and brush on when you need it. So if you want to invest in some amazing products that are free from all the gross things we do not need on our skin, you can use the code salt and pepper for 20% off your purchase. I literally just used my code today. So again, you can head to clearstemskincare.com right now and use the code salt and pepper. That's S-A-L-T-A-N-D. P-E-P-P-E-R for 20% off. Now let's get back to the show. 
I know that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> I what I what's so cool about what you're saying is like how much deeper it is than even just this. Like you're yeah you're talking directly to boundaries and like sexuality, but this goes into any sin. Like God's not asking us to like yeah. do the checkoff list of oh, okay I didn't do this sin today. I didn't do this sin today. I'm being good. Right. He's not asking you just to like not sin and that's because I said so he wants a relationship with you and I think you're really getting to the heart of that like why don't we why don't we get drunk well it's not just because like it's a checkoff list like I I have you know I used to party all the time and so when I it came to me looking for a partner and for my life I knew I didn't want to get drunk anymore but why am I going to start choosing to do that? Because all of the um, surface level things, like because it's a sin and I shouldn't sin, that wasn't working. <laughs> um, I had to yeah. really think of like, oh, because when I drink, like like my body doesn't feel good, like actually doesn't feel good. I'm not just saying that. Um, and when I drink, like, I do feel bad. And, like, mentally, I don't I don't feel that good. And so, like, you know, just creating boundaries from, like, even, like, worldly reasons. Like, oh, my body, like, can't handle that. Or I want to live longer. Even just little things like that and remembering, like, oh, and that's also why God doesn't want us to do that. Because it's not just, just spiritual. He also cares about your body and, like, taking care of yourself. And so I love that you're getting to the heart of it and, like, you're, you know, you, sure, you're, like, a Christian dating coach, but the fact that you're, like, talking about God, like, through these things, it it has so many layers to it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always love to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So something good that came from something bad or challenging in any time frame. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? Yes. You know, so many things. But I will say your darkest moments when you feel the most shame about those moments, the things that you don't want to tell anybody if you do the work, the noble journey to actually heal from those things, God will completely surprise you. This is how it worked out for me. Um, I already told you guys at the beginning that I was so nervous to share my story and bring people into my journey. And my book, thank you for rejecting me is a compilation of all my hardest moments from abuse to betrayal, to heartbreak, to being bullied, to having self-hatred, insecurity, body shame, like every single pretty much hard thing I've gone through is in that book. And it was the most vulnerable journey to write and go back to these stories and relive them. And the fact that I could even do it already and wrote it is a miracle like that. God has brought me through all of those different layers to, to then be able to write a book that people read that is wild. And then the fact that it became a national bestselling book is just even more crazy in my mind and more wild and more cool of God. But if you had asked me that five, six years ago, that like, I would be a dating coach. I would write a book on rejection with filled with my biggest, darkest life stories, my abuse story, everything. I would have been like, <laughs> absolutely not ever. You can't even pay me to do that. Like years ago, that would have been my perspective. And so when you really go on the noble journey of healing and allow God to just like handle your heart completely and fully, he will empower you through that journey. And it's not easy. It's the journey of healing is not easy. And it wasn't for me, but there's so much beauty when you 
can actually heal and have the courage to share some of that story with other people. And I think that's like the biggest gift sometimes that we can give people is making them feel not alone by sharing some of our own story with them. And so that's how I would probably Mm -hmm. answer the silver lining question. (laughs) Well, tell our audience where they can find your book. You guys have a drop the hanky for Christian singles, right? And then you have a dating course and you have a podcast. So tell us all the places. Yeah. If you just go to heartofdating.com, you'll see all the things, our podcast, which launches weekly. If you have a certain subject, you can go to our podcast page and you can break it down by subject, heartbreak, singleness, hot topics, relationships, like all these topics, you can find episodes on those topics. We have the dating program, drop the hanky, which is a monthly dating program where you get to meet guys or, you know, vice versa, guys meet girls. We have a mentorship program called the school of dating. We have free resources all over the place on our website. And then we have a massive community of people doing life together on Facebook. And then with that community, we meet in person at least once a year, like I told you guys for our big conference and all of that's on our website. So if you are single or dating, we'd love to have you in the community. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was, I feel like we could have talked to you for forever. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) So great. All right, Shakers. Thank you so much for listening. We love Kate and I love her podcast, The Heart of Dating. I know at the beginning of the show, I had a spiritual awakening and I am not joking. I am still listening to her podcast and I've actually learned so much. After I listened to some of their episodes, I actually sat down with Arturo and we like talked about some stuff and I was just informing him of so many things I like really had never thought about in our relationship. So I love them. Her and JJ are so great together and they really open up all lines of communication. Um, And I just love that. So we hope you enjoyed today's show. I feel like it was just a sliver of what we could talk about and she was just so full of wisdom. So if you guys really enjoyed her, please head over to Apple Podcast and search Heart of Dating or you can go to the show notes below. Trust me, you will not regret it. If you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, it doesn't matter. It's so good. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us out so much. So if you like today's episode and you haven't reviewed yet, go down below. Tell us why you like today's show. It would actually mean a lot to us and we would learn a little bit more about what you guys are wanting to hear on the Salt and Pepper podcast. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper podcast and you can follow us personally at Olivia Crin and it's Lisa Brosser. And also you can join our Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. So don't forget, screenshot this episode. If anything stood out to you, post it on your stories and tag us and we will 100% slide into your dms and talk to you guys so again head to the show notes below to learn more about kate and i think that's it so we will shake it up with you next tuesday i'm all shook up